Hello and welcome to Lady Time, a podcast for those of us navigating midlife. My name is Carol Fitzpatrick and today I have Jean Andres. Have I said that right? Sorry. Yes, you've got it right. Okay. Jean Andres. Jean Andres lives in Louisiana. She is a menopause mastery coach and Jean works with women struggling with the symptoms and the changes of menopause. She helps women ditch the symptoms, regain their energy and delight in their lives again. Jean is an author of five books on menopause and her latest book is I Just Want to Be Me Again. You're very welcome. and Thank you for joining us on Lady Time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And and this show is about midlife and we're so delighted to have somebody who's an expert in menopause. <laughs> Um, John, how was your experience of midlife and menopause? So that's really what got me started. Um, I was 48 years old. Uh, I was having what are really sort of atypical symptoms in that I didn't have hot flashes. I didn't have mood swings. My periods were more regular than ever, but I was angry. I was depressed and I had no libido whatsoever. I had um, a basically sexless marriage with, with the man who eventually was my ex. And um, it, it just, I felt like I was being kicked out of my own life and I didn't know what was happening to me. I just knew that I was miserably unhappy um, my marriage was breaking up. My, I had to move from my house that I loved uh, because it was incompatible with my lifestyle because I was working a travel job. So I left every night, every Sunday night, came home every Thursday night. I had a wood heated house and a wood heated house can't be left alone in the winter without winterizing it. So I lost my house. I lost my husband. I lost my dog to cancer. I lost, it was just a really bad time. And I, I got even more depressed. I started eating copious amounts, gained about 30 pounds just in, in a very short, short period of time. And I realized that what I was doing to myself was, um, killing myself the slow way. And I realized that I either had to get healthy, let this be the best thing that ever happened to me, um, or it, it was going to kill me. It was going to leave me just incapable of uh, living the like, kind of life I wanted to live. So I did. I still didn't know it was menopause. But as I got healthier and I got lucky, I picked the right ways of doing some things that that made it possible for me to lose 80 pounds and um, throw off the depression, throw off the all the bad stuff that was happening to me. And it allowed me to get healthy enough that I decided I wanted to quit my job. I had by this time moved 1800 miles from where I was to take care of my mom who was in her late eighties and I decided to move in with her to be with her in her last years. And I was still working my travel job. I decided to quit my travel job and become a personal trainer. 
and working with women in that age range of 45 to 55, I realized that we were all going through exactly the same kinds of things, that it was taking our lives away, that we didn't feel like ourselves, that we um, physically were going through a lot of challenges, including weight gain and hot flashes and mood swings and feeling awful and gastric stuff and itchy skin and you name it, we were going through it. On top of which, we were going through this intense feeling of not being ourselves, not being the same person we were before. And it sent me down the research rabbit hole. And what I learned was that this is what menopause does to it. And I learned why it happens in our bodies. I learned how the hormones affect us, how they affect other hormones in our bodies, how they interact with each other and with our cellular functions. And I real and I realized how it affected how we think, how we feel, how we perceive ourselves, how we are in relationships. It affects everything that we are. And so I started looking for ways to help women deal with this. And that was when I really started down the down intense research and creating plans and programs for women who are in this situation to get healthy and to get happy because more important is the happy. Yes, absolutely. One, one seems to help the other as well. Doesn't it? If you're happy, it sure does. John, that's, Sounds like quite a story when, you know, before you, you found that you moved and all that with your relationship and how mm. are you feeling? That sounds horrendous. It um, is. Yeah. And do you think that that was the menopause was the cause of the marriage breaking up or did they both feed, feed into each other? It was my my contribution to the marriage breaking up came largely from the menopause okay. uh, symptoms. Yeah. His contribution came from other things. Let's okay. leave it at that. Let's he sure. he was not blameless. Let's put it that way. Um, okay. But it's water under the bridge. I when I talk about my weight loss, I sometimes talk about my the initial one hundred and seventy pounds I lost. In one day. <laughs> um, Very good. Um, but I eventually, um, one of the things that about getting happy is when you're happy with yourself and when you're, when you're in love with your, your own life, it's easy to attract to you the relationship that needs to be in your life. And that happened for me. And I'm very happy to be married. Oh, fantastic. I'm delighted to hear yeah. that. That's great. That's really great. And did you find your libido again? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so I often talk about libido as being for women. Women, most women make love with their minds and their hearts as much as with their bodies. Sure. So when women are, especially in perimenopause, where the hormones are not helping anything. The, the feelings that we have for our mates sometimes 
we're at the point where we're redefining our own relationships. So for some women that that's easy. Um, they have men that, that are growing with them and growing in the same direction. And they can say, Oh, well, here we are. Let's, let's reconnect. Let's re, let's rekindle the romance. Let's rekindle our relationship with one another and let's go forward. That didn't happen for me. Um, he decided to go in a different direction. And for me, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't expecting it, but it really was part of the libido thing was that we had grown in different directions. And so when I found somebody who was um, delighted to be with me, it became, uh, sex became very fun again. Good. That's so great. And maybe doing exercise probably helped as well. I mean, you know, losing weight and, and getting oh, yes. more physical. Yeah. yeah. But finding a relationship that was reciprocal and, and loving, you know. It didn't hurt. <laughs> oh, I'm so delighted to hear that. That's great. Yeah. So part of that is, you know, part of what happens when you decide that you're going to change your relationship with your body is you get to fall in love with yourself again. And that happened for me. Um, I was very unhappy with my body before, but I learned that I had to love it again and I had to love it enough to take care of it. Um, And that's what I did. So did that start with the, the psychological, like, you know, to talking to yourself, that sort of thing, or did it start with the, you know, I think it was for, for me, it was both. Okay. Um, and exercise is incredibly powerful. Um, I often, when I talk about wellness for the women that I work with, because we don't talk, we, we don't stop at just getting rid of the symptoms. We go beyond that. We go to go, you know, from the symptoms to the health, to the truly well, to the truly glowing, um, being in a beautiful place with yourself and with your body and with your mind and emotions. But um, I usually the first thing I start with is sleep um, because okay. when you're not sleeping well, you're not, life just doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's interesting because one of the things I found was when we're, when we have little ones, we don't sleep very much either, but there are hormones that are being, being released, especially oxytocin, which is the cuddle slash love hormone, which you get as you pick up that baby and you rock it to sleep, you're getting all of those wonderful hormones and those are taking care of your fatigue. Women in menopause generally don't have that situation. Um, we don't get our, our oxytocin boost. So not sleeping is hugely, hugely debilitating for us. So I start with sleep, but then the second thing I, I, I work with is exercise because it, it's such a empowering thing for people. It, it makes you feel like you're doing something for yourself even more than eat, than eating right or stress reduction or meditation or mindfulness, all of those things are important, but exercise, you, you feel like you're doing something. 
And so for me, that exercise, um, and I learned that was when I became a runner for the first time in my life at the age of 48, I started running. Wow. Um, Haven't quit yet. Um, And I started become, I started with five K's and 10 K races and moved on to half marathons. I do not run marathons. It takes, I'm too slow. It takes me too long to run that kind of distance. So I just, it, it doesn't fit into my life, but I love to love to get out there and run. And it is just such a magnificent feeling of accomplishment to know that I can do something that 90% of the, of the, population can't do it's run eight or ten miles that's an incredible achievement it's it's really um hopeful for a lot of us to know that we can start running so close i'm not fast i'm not fast and i'm you know but it's it doesn't take being fast it just takes keeping on yeah and Super so, so did you have to retrain then to become a, a trainer, a personal trainer and a coach? I trained as a personal trainer. I I studied that. I was I was doing a lot of in the gym work and I was working with my own trainers and I was learning from them. So I would constantly be asking them, why am I doing this? What's what's the form keys? What do you have to know about this? So when I became, when I studied to become a personal trainer, it was sort of just an extension of that. Um, then I learned, then I studied as a health coach. And so that was a lot of nutrition and it was a lot of how do people change? And then I, then I threw in a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, I, I do a whole lot of holistic work, some alternative medicine, (laughs) um, alternative energy work okay. certified in yoga breath work and Reiki and a few other things that just give my clients something that, that they don't, it, it's such a holistic program that I work with because we're dealing first with those symptoms, but then some of them, some, some people have never learned to set boundaries around other people and yet they're feeling, and that's, one of the things we'll get into in a minute, I'm sure, but we're feeling like we need, we need to stop being the doormat that everybody walks all over. So we have to learn, learn how to set boundaries. So we do that. We learn, have to learn how to change. So we do habits change. We, there's all of these pieces, parts that are, that come from life coaching and they come from various places that I just, I go out, I learn what I have to learn, and then I incorporate it in these programs I do for my clients. And it's very, very unique. It's very one-on-one kinds of kinds of work in a lot of ways. There, there are some things that are pretty standard between my clients, but it's so, it, we are all so different in coming to this point in our lives. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And yes, there's some similarities for women, but we are so different in, you know, in, in many aspects, the symptoms for one and the changes that we, we bring about in our life as well. Um, 
So you help people ditch the symptoms. So you, you've just right. described, you've got lots of skills, you've got lots of tools in your tool bag. Um, you probably do some of your personal training in that and your, your health coaching in that. And <laughs> yeah. It, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's finding the right diet, the right exercise, the right stress management. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then changing the habit sounds very cognitive behavioral type uh, yeah. work and uh and then you help them regain their energy so I, I imagine yeah that that's a bit of that too and and then some of your energy work as well maybe absolutely so that's a regaining energy is a lot of that has to do with rebalancing your hormones and um moving some moving some things around like Thyroid issues are very, very common, and it's because estrogen or estrogen is actually affects, like I said, there's a relationship between the hormones, the two hormones, and thyroid doesn't work as well after you start losing your, your estrogen, estrogen. And so you have to worry about how, how you're going to raise your metabolism. And then, too, it could be um, autoimmune. And that is a whole different story. That's a whole different kettle of fish where you're dealing with gut, uh, the gut biome and things like that. So oh, there's yeah, a lot that's that possible. Yeah, yeah, that's great to go into all of that because they are the underlying issues sometimes with menopause is mm-hmm. the thyroid and... Um, yeah. And insulin and cortisol. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah, absolutely. Um, so how, 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 how do you help people with that? How, how, like, does that go into medical or are you able to do with your energy work and your nutrition? So it's nutrition mm-hmm. and it's the right exercise. So, okay. For example, a lot of people come in and they're trying to, you know, they've got that middle-aged metal um and they're they're like crazed because they've never gained weight like this before and or it's shifted and now it feels awful so they're they're eating less and less and less and less and less and they're exercising more and more and more and more and more um but then there's cortisol and cortisol is our mid mid to long-range stress hormone and its job is to keep you alive during a famine because a famine was in prehistoric times. A famine was what happened when that was, was the mid and long range stress of people. There really weren't, there weren't traffic jams. There weren't bosses that, that didn't like your work. There weren't, you know, there weren't uh, TV shows that, that were jacking you up. There wasn't the national news. What we had was famine. Yeah. Um, you know, we either had the lion is standing in front of you or the snake or whatever um, attacking you, which is immediate, or we had famine. So cortisol is designed to keep us alive during famine and the point of the way it does that is it reduces our metabolism and it stores everything it possibly can as fat especially middle fat around the the waist well 
menopause hits stress in so many different ways. First of all, you're not feeling like yourself. You're not feeling good. So that's stressful in and of itself. Mm-hmm. We live in modern, a modern first world country. That's stressful. It is stressful by definition. And then estrogen modulates cortisol. So it dampens the effect of cortisol on our brain, which allows women, not men, women, to think through crisis more than men do. It it actually stops the amygdala and the limbic systems from taking over and, and throwing us into fight, flight, or freeze. Women have a tendency to be able to think through these the crisis a little better than men. When estrogen goes down, that ability goes down. And then it's hitting that limbic system. It's hitting that amygdala in a way that it's never done before. So it raises anxiety. And we are feeling cortisol in a whole new way. And so cortisol is actually acting differently in our bodies. And so... It's storing that fat and it's um, making it worse. But then you add, then you throw famine, low calorie dieting, um, and you throw, um, and even intermittent fasting for some women feels like that kind of stress. And then you throw somebody doing two and three and four hours of exercise a day on it. And all of a sudden you've raised those cortisol levels through the roof. And all you're doing is telling your body to hold on to the fat. So Mm -hmm. all of those, all of those things go into figuring out what the best plan for any given woman is, because you have to look at her stress levels and how she take, takes stress. I see a lot of women who are, were, were, type A personalities, you know, the old type A personality thing where they're career driven and they're perfectionists and they've always had plenty of energy and all of a sudden they're crashing because this cortisol snap has happened to them. So we have to deal with those. We find, we, we find ways to bring their exercise down without necessarily crashing their metabolism um we we work around it and we work sometimes it takes a while to find just the right balance for each person okay so you have to work with their um responses really their their to to stress and yeah you probably have different ways of doing that again yes (laughs) and again again it's it's dependent on the person. Some people, um, you know, some people are great. They, they, you you can teach them how to meditate, you know, sitting meditation and and they'll pick it up like that. And that's great. You put me in a chair and say, you got to sit there for 20 minutes and I will go absolutely nuts. (laughs) On the other hand, I can, that's when I run and I meditate when I run because it's that, repetitive motion that allows me to just um fall into that trance of of meditation while I'm running and so it's a matter again of finding what works for each person 
what works for me won't necessarily work for you. True. How do you feel about bioidentical hormones, like hormone replacement or bioidentical hormones? What What's your take on that then? So we're going to be talking about what I think is the gift of menopause. Okay. Yeah. And the gift of menopause means that it happens partly because we lose all those hormones. So when we go into a bioidentical hormone, which is, by the way, the only hormone replacement I, I would consider is bioidentical. Um, but when you go into bioidentical hormone replacement and you try to put your body back to what it was, um, you can, you can delay or destroy the gift. So, okay. I got you. Um, I, I say use it when, when you really can't cope with life otherwise. And there are very, there are lots and lots of times when you need to just say, I need to get back on an even enough keel that then we can look, move forward into a, a management um, plan that works. But until I can, you know, go to work out on a daily basis and, you know, not kill my kids when I come home and, you know, not shoot the dog or whatever, um, you don't want to be there. So you, sometimes you have to do the, the hormones to get you there. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about the gift. Hey, <laughs> tell me, what is the gift of menopause? <laughs> so here's the thing. Why do we have, why do estrogen and progesterone affect every cell in our body? And it's because evolution was lazy. So evolution said, we're going to put all as many functions uh, that need to be different between men and women. And we're going to these hormones. So our bodies have, our cellular systems have receptors for estrogen and progesterone. As far as I can tell, every cell in our body has receptors for estrogen. Most of our cells have receptors for progesterone, but not as many as for estrogen. So it affects so many systems and it affects the way we think. I go back to evolution for, for all of this. And a lot of this is hypothetical. Um, it's borne out in the research, in anthropological research, but until we invent time travel, it is hypothetical. Okay. <laughs> but in, in hunter-gatherer tribes, women, in order to survive when they had children and they were pregnant, so they had, they would be often be pregnant and nursing a toddler and maybe even have one that was a little more independent, but not quite ready to join the hunters or join the women. So she might have three or four or five children that she's trying to deal with. And so is every other woman in the tribe. So the women in the tribe form, I, I hate to use the word community because it's really almost a clique. It's almost um, exclusionary. So they, they work together, but they're not looking to help a whole lot of other people. They've got enough on their plates. In addition, 
those women have to make sure that the hunters are happy enough to come back with the meat because they've got the large portions. This is pre-farming. So gathering was only a small portion of the food that they got. So they were trying to keep the, the men happy to come back and the other women as helpers for them when they couldn't take care of their men, take care of their children, take care of the elders because they had just given birth or, you know, they, they were nine months pregnant and walking around the camp that way. They also had to work together to make sure that the, the whole camp was safe and taken care of. So estrogen put pieces together in our brains that helped with that. So we have the ability to multitask. That is an estrogen-driven piece of our brain. The ability to go from task A to task B to task C to task D back to A and know where we were, where where we left off in A. And so you could think of it like running a house. You're you're cooking dinner. So you start the spaghetti, you start, you know, you chop up the onions and you throw them in the pot and you let them simmer while you walk around, you check on the kid, you uh, move the laundry from the washer to the dryer. And then you go back and you throw the meat into the spaghetti sauce or whatever it is. And you just, women tend to work that way. And that's one of the reasons we're good teachers because we go from kid to kid to the classroom. We're good nurses. We go from patient to patient. We know exactly where we left off. We're good customer service people. All of those things that take multitasking is part of our estrogen-driven brain. Mm. We have a extra verbal center in our brains that is estrogen-driven. It's another place. That's That's why when you get into menopause, you have those little blips where you can't remember a name or, yes. um, you know, the what's it. You're looking for the what's it that goes with the hujama wachi. Yes. <laughs> and yet every other woman in the kitchen knows exactly what you're talking about uh, because we're all flipping on the same things. But it's it's a secondary verbal center. Okay. Okay. And it's dry, it's also driving us to care about what those other women and those men think about us more so than ourselves. So we, we take ourselves, we put ourselves out of the, the middle of the circle of what we care about. So if you think of ourselves as, as concentric circles, we tend to be on the outskirts of our own circle for, for that time of our lives. Estrogen goes away. Progesterone goes away. All kinds of bad things happen. Our skin gets dry and our hair turns gray and we get wrinkles. But we don't care what they say. We don't care what they think. And we take ourselves out of the outside of the circle and we put ourselves in the middle again. Okay. And for the first time since puberty, we are allowed to, by our biology, I don't, don't mean anyone else gives us permission. You, you give your permission to yourself to care about yourself as much as you care about anything else that's in that circle. And I, I always am careful to say 
You don't have to throw anything out of the circle. You can, but you don't have to. And that is truly the gift of menopause is to be in the center of your own circle. I'd never heard of it described like that with the hormones. That's very interesting. And that makes it's, sense as well. It's fascinating. And it's, I, I will say that, except possibly in my writing and maybe one or two other people, you might not find it directly stated that way. It mm-hmm. it took following the echoes of what people were saying about estrogen to, to really understand that this is how it's got to be, how it's affecting us. And it's also watching, um, I'm, I'm a member of probably 10 menopause groups on, on Facebook. Um, I never know how many because I get kicked out of them sometimes for saying the wrong thing. Okay. <laughs> saying the wrong thing, but who knows? Um, but you hear it all the time. You, you, somebody comes in new, and they're forty-five or forty-six, and they're just going through, and they're just getting all, getting some symptoms, and they they come in and they say. Why didn't I, you know, why have I spent my whole life paying attention to what other people think? It's not important. I'm, I, I need to put myself first. I need to put my self care first. Um, I have things I want to do. And that's the other thing is, is when you put yourself there, you, you don't just get to put your self care there. You get to put your own passions, your own purposes, your own priorities all get to be on a par with what that husband wants, what that boss wants, um, what your kids want. Now, I will say this. If you have a late life baby, don't, don't throw, <laughs> don't throw them too far out of the middle of the circle. Um, yeah. And there seems to be some hormonal things going on that allow women with young children who've had them very late in life or late relatively um, to be able to put them, keep them in the center of the circle, but they actually benefit too, because perimenopausal women don't tend to want to be helicopter parents. (laughs) And, and I think that that's actually a good thing. I, yes. I don't know how helicopter parenting works in the UK, but over here it tends to get really, really bad. Yeah, well, we're actually, sorry, I'm in, we're in Ireland, but that's very near the Oh, okay. UK. That's okay, yeah. And we're very similar to the UK in that we have a lot of the same culture. But yes, we have helicopter parenting here. Yes, we definitely Yeah, and, and I think... I think as we get older and we are more attuned to what we need and what we want, uh, even if we have young children, not babies so much, but once they get to be in five or six, five or six school, we tend to not be as um, overprotective of them. Absolutely. I, I think that's, I think that's actually excellent for our children. I think it is. I think it's healthier. Definitely. Definitely. So, so the gift of menopause is putting yourself in the middle of your, in the middle putting of your, your life, s- really, and your focus yes. and your, cent- your circle. I love that concentric idea that you were explaining there. So it's, it's, it's great. 
Yeah. I, and I think that that's what I've heard from many women on this show is that oh, they get to menopause and it's, I don't care what people think anymore. <laughs> and that's really empowering for them. It um, is. It's super empowering. I think what you were saying about the hormones and, you know, how we've progressed from, you know, different times in humanity and in, in the world, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's it's lovely to hear your take on it and it's going to get your book after this because yeah. I think it sounds uh, really interesting and be really helpful as well because you've got all these different strands and all this information. It's very interesting. And, yeah, the books actually have their own website. Um, it's called menopausebooks.com. Menopausebooks.com. Great. And you can, you can uh, buy them directly from me. Um, actually, I will say this. In, in Europe or in Canada, unfortunately, my fulfillment distributor for the paperbacks does not send to, uh, I have not fixed that, fixed it up so we can get to the, um, to Europe or Canada or Australia. So it's only, I only ship to the US, but you can get the ebook through, through the website. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And the rest are available on Amazon as is the, the paperback for you guys. Okay. Fantastic. That sounds great. So I just want to be me again. And that's your latest one, but you have four other books as well. Yes. On the menopause. So I, I wrote one, so many of my clients would say, okay, I get it now, but my husband is just clueless. So, um, I realized that I had a clueless husband, (laughs) not too, too much before that, and that he had benefited from so much of my explanations. So I wrote sort of my love letter to my my clients and their husbands called where is my wife and what have you done with her? Because that's what our, our spouses are saying. They just don't get it. Mm-hmm. So it, ex- it explains the physical stuff in a little bit less detail than I use for, for women. That's sort of a watered down version of what I just want to be me again explains, but it also talks about, Re, you know, dating your wife and re-romancing your wife and rekindling all of those feelings. And, um, you know, men are, unfortunately, men are, are like, so, so, so let's fix the sex. Okay. <laughs> and uh, what they have to learn, what they have to understand is that I, we still, as women are still going to make love with our minds and our hearts as much as with our bodies. And so we need to be romanced. We need to be, um, to feel like there is love in that, in that relationship again. Absolutely. And then, and then I've written three books that I call the symptom books, um, chill out, which is all about hot flashes, lighten up, which is all about weight loss and think again, Think Again, which is all about brain fog and the other mental symptoms. So they're all out there and available. Okay, that, that's great. So you look at the different aspects and different in the different books. Just wanna, I'm curious. So you uh, got divorced during your menopause or around that time. And mm-hmm. then you met another person and you got married since. What was right. it like getting, getting, you know, dating again and falling in love again? 
during your well I, I admit it was weird for me because I was working a full-time travel job okay and I was living with my mom oh, so yes, I was the yes, yes. I was the only 54 year old woman on the planet with a with a curfew uh, <laughs> I know but what a lovely thing to do for your mom what a lovely it, thing to do it it needed to happen and yeah. because I we lived so far apart um if I had lived in the town you know within proximity I I surely would have been more attentive to her in those years but I wouldn't have felt like moving into the same house was a good idea it it was something that had to happen she just needed more attention and more care than she was getting with me so far away and my brother equally far well less far but equally difficult to get there and uh so it, it was different, but for me, it was, I met him sort of at the end of the year of falling back in love with myself and getting healthy and learning to um, be my own person. So I fell in love with whitewater kayaking uh, and I was starting to whitewater kayak and I met group of people whitewater kayaking wow (laughs) i I did all kinds of crazy things i still do but i met a group of people who did who came to the river that i lived on which had a piece of whitewater on it and he was one of them and we started seeing each other and so it was a it was a it wasn't even though it was hot and heavy it was separated by pieces at times when we didn't just didn't see each other because he couldn't come every weekend and I had other things going on. So there'd be weekends where he was stuck. He, he actually lived um, in new Orleans and I lived in Montgomery, Alabama, which is about 300 miles. And so he would come up to kayak because there's no white water down here. And he would come up to kayak and we would see each other for the weekend. And then I would go, go off to work and he would come home, come back to Louisiana. And some weekends he couldn't come up because he had to work. And other weekends I would either be working or going off to see friends in some unknown place to run a race or uh, something else. And so it was, it was an interesting time of, very intense relationship, but with the, with enough space that it gave us the time to really develop a relationship. Um, sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's lovely. That's great. And it uh, gives a lot of hope to women who have found, found themselves in that, you know, relationships breaking down in mm-hmm. life and menopause. So that's, it's great to hear that. And, and that the passion was strong and hot and heavy. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Jean, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us tonight. It's been lovely to talk to you. And it's been lovely talking with you. Thank you. And I, yeah, just, I'm really looking forward to reading your book because I just feel like you've got this lovely, way of uh, sharing your knowledge and that you've built up a lot of knowledge in this area and you've quite a holistic view as well so I'm really looking forward to that and it's been lovely to meet you online 
It's lovely to meet you. So I just want to mention that um, there are three websites where you can find me along with Facebook Menopause Guru. Um, but you can find me on my website, menopause.guru, that I t- talks a lot about my coaching services. Mm-hmm. Uh, menopause Matters, the podcast, or actually it's menopausematterspodcast.com. And that's all about my own podcast, which I talk with people and um, just myself about menopause topics, all kinds of menopause topics, and then menopausebooks.com. And those are available to uh, your listeners. Great. So I will put them up on the show notes. Thank you. Perfect. Um, so people can access your different websites. Wow, you've got a full-time job with your <laughs> social media. Never mind your coaching and your writing. <laughs> Well, it's, I find that, um, it's just, it's an SEO thing. Really, that's the secret. Oh, yeah. Because they all tie to, they all tie to each other. So they, they help me, um, they help me come up a little bit. Um, it's a tough topic to rank in. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I getcha. Yeah. Um, Jean, thank you. So that's Jean Andrus, A N, is it A N D or U S? A and D R U S and Jean is Jean is actually for for most of the rest of the world they call it Jean J E A N N E. Yes, yeah. So Jean with a a Louisiana accent. (laughs) 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 It's been great talking to you, and I'll put those notes up on the the show notes and the podcast that you run as well. I'll put that up on the show notes as well. If people want to listen to your podcasts and access your books through your website or through uh, Amazon. Um, Great. Thank you so much for all your tips. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, John. And thank you listeners for listening in today. We'll be back. uh, Lady Time Podcast. You've been listening to Carol Fitzpatrick. And if you like what you're listening to, please like us on whichever platform you're listening to. And we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.